Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the local DMV Business and Leisure podcast, where we bring leaders, experts, magicians, and creators here on the podcast and share their stories and journeys with you. With that being said, I'm Lisa, your host, digital marketing, consulting, and podcaster here today. And so I'm so excited for our, our guests. Most importantly, before we get into all that awesomeness, you can follow us um, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is uh, Local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast. And on Facebook, Local DMV Biz, B-I-Z, and Leisure Podcast. So once again, we have a, I'm very excited for our guest today. She's going to really just have a lot of awesome information to share that's going to change your life. Stephanie L. Shaw, who's a nutrition strategist, she is the founder of Lee and Ollie. She took the strategy she implemented to recover from a two-year illness and turned it into a coaching and online education business where she teaches women how to manage their hormones so they can lose weight, have more energy, and slow the aging process. She created a protocol called the Mind Body Business Method. The protocol supports high-performing female divorcees by helping them peel back the layers of why they can't lose the weight and down to the DNA. As a result, clients build lasting lifestyles of confidence, energy, and a body they deserve. She has a master's in, of science from Northeastern University. She also holds a nutritional certification from AHPA and an exercise and nutrition certification from Precision Nutrition. Did I pronounce uh, the name of the business correctly? You did. You did. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. You're welcome. I'm very sensitive about those mis mispronunciations. I want to... Yeah. I want to thank you for coming. This is a timely conversation. Nutrition is something we talk a lot about at the beginning of the year, but we, we sometimes need a refresher as the year goes on so we can keep up our awesome health goals. Yeah, you're right. This is exciting. I love it because, you know, January's already passed. It's want to see where everyone's at and get them back on the right track if they've fallen off. And, and it's okay. People make mistakes. Things happen, especially life happens. So, I, mm -hmm. so with that, you know, how has your week been? And do you have something that, as we would say, the best thing that happened to you this week? You know what? I had two really great things happen. So Ooh. our family is waiting on the first grandchild slash great grandchild. So this will be my first grandchild. Uh, son and my daughter-in-law started having contractions this week. So she texts me, hey, mom, I'm at the doctor's. So that was really exciting. And then on a professional, she hasn't had the baby yet. We're still waiting. Okay. But on, and on a professional level, I actually, I've been thinking about what corporate wellness looks like. And I actually had a client this year, um, this week, and we have mapped out a corporate, well, corporate wellness plan for her, her company. So two exciting things happened this week. It's a great week. Well, you have to definitely keep us updated on the cute baby pictures. We're all for that. At least I am over here. Of course. Of course. Uh, so a good, a good question as a result of the pandemic, what's happened in the world and business, how has corporate wellness changed or is, or has, or has it not changed as a result of what's happening in the world with the pandemic? So this is my first delve into corporate wellness. Normally I just work with private clients, but what I know is there's corporate wellness dollars that are not being used, maybe gym memberships, or there's things that are going on internally that may have not been able to be seamlessly taken externally. So that's my mindset around the next step in my business, going in, working with folks and being able to do everything remotely so that the employees, especially now when they're stuck at home, don't have that, that camaraderie anymore so that the employees will be able to, to get together and still focus and work on their health. And I, th I thank you. I think this is going to be important. I think I see a lot of prosperity coming from for you in that space because 
it is underutilized and we still need wellness even though we may not physically be at the office so i'm excited for this new line of business and i think you can be very successful well thank you so much um, in terms of travel have you been uh the dmv dmv refers to dc maryland and virginia have you been to the area yeah i have i love the area so i've probably been I'm in Northeast Ohio, so I've probably been at least four or five times, um, actually twice in 2019 and then in January of 2020, right before we all got shut down. In my prior life, I um, was the executive director of a nonprofit, education nonprofit. I had an opportunity actually to speak on Capitol Hill. It was such a great time. I love the DC area. Um, I have my, I have three boys and my middle son is the one that usually travels with me. So we actually got to go to the National Museum of African American History. I had checked out some great restaurants. So love, love, love the DC area. Well, we hope you will come again uh, to the area uh, post pandemic and maybe see some cherry blossoms. I don't know, have you had the pleasure of seeing the cherry blossoms? I have not. And that is so, like, I'm a plant geek. I love plants and herbs and outside nature kind of stuff. Love forest bathing. So I cannot wait to come back and see the cherry blossoms. Thanks for the invite. No, no, you definitely should. And I will, we'll have a later conversation about plants. I'm a succulent uh, kind of person, but it's, I need some plant tips. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So you hinted at it just a moment ago. Could you share with us more about, cause you, you have a business, you're a business owner now making awesome impact um, in business and in the in community with individuals. Could you share with us a little bit about your roles and successes in corporate before becoming, you know, the business owner that I know you to be transforming lives every day? Yeah. So I spent whew, a lot, lots and lots of years in corporate America. I worked for a fortune 500 sprint at the time in Ohio, the local phone company, I was on the local side. So when I was there, sprint actually split off we were local, we birthed the wireless and then they split off. Mm -hmm. So my, my role was in corporate communications. I did public affairs, um, public relations, and I did business development work. And I remember like yearly report would look like, oh, you didn't golf enough this year. So, so it was, it was an awesome, awesome job, company car, great benefits, but it was super high pressure because I was the connector in the community. And I went from one community to two and a half states wow. being responsible. So anytime our marketing or sales department, like if they couldn't get to the C-suite and they needed to close a deal, I should have already have golfed or gone out to dinner with or had some type of relationship with the executives in that community. So it was a ton of, it, again, it was a it was like the best job ever because my job was to network and take people out to eat. But it was high stress in the fact that you were always on. So it wasn't like get there at eight, leave at five. It, there was tons of late nights, tons of weekend events. So it, it, we got to a point where my husband's like, yeah, I think I should just buy a tuxedo <laughs> instead of keep renting one. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. So I was always on. And I did that for almost 20 years. Wow. Was, again, great opportunity. Actually, the work from there has really helped build my business. But in between that time, I also developed an education nonprofit. And that was a lot of networking, a lot of extra hours. For the first five years, I was the only employee. So HR, mm -hmm. marketing, any, everything you could think of, I was responsible for doing it. And on top of that, I was raising a family. I had three small kids, super involved in my church, 
sometimes I'm like, wait, this is my fourth time there this week volunteering. So <laughs> I, I had a, a ton of things going on, but I hadn't started to think about and, until I got sick. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. I hadn't started thinking about the small things that were going on with me not taking care of myself during that time. So I was taking care of my job. I was taking care of my family, taking care of my church, but I wasn't taking care of Stephanie. I was having thinning hair, which I was kind of brushing off as, you know, my mom does. I probably will. This is just hereditary. Rapid heartbeat. I would, I remember one day I was walking up like flights of stairs and I was probably in my, I was early forties and I should not have had the intense pain and physical feeling of illness that I had at that point, but I did, I recovered, I brushed it off. So I had these little, and and you, you coined this to me or, or said this to me, these little pebbles, these little things that were going on in my body. I did not recognize, but they all led up to the next part of my journey. And yeah, I think that, and and you cannot uh, give that to Lisa. That is Oprah. (laughs) She talks about the pebbles before the boulders, but that concept I've had, you know, similar in my life. And sometimes it's not even a pebble. Sometimes it's a whisper and then it's a pebble. So, so, and and you're like, you know, I should listen to that whisper. So, yeah. So with that being said, another thing that you really connected for me um, that you said in another interview, you talked about your realization about your, your lifestyle and wellness as it relates to the hamster wheel. Could you give us, give us a sense of what that, what that hamster wheel looks like? Cause I think sometimes, sometimes we need to hear someone else's schedule to see our own schedule there in, in us. And, and I just want people to kind of get a sense of what was that normal week like on the hamster wheel? Yeah, it was, it was a lot. And right now I'm thinking, Oh, how did I do that? So of course it was the regular mom slash wife stuff. You know, you're getting up early in the morning, making sure everyone has breakfast and lunch and activities. And I was, I had an awesome mom, but she had a PM job. Mm -hmm. Like she worked in the afternoon in a factory. So she never came to my events. I was determined, like no matter where I was, I was always going to go to my kids' events. So I may have got up at 5.30 in the morning, fixed breakfast, got everyone off to school. If in the middle of the day, the school, even through high school, if they had something that they needed for me to do, a volunteer thing with the band or with choir or with soccer, I was a soccer photographer. I would do that during my day because I had flexibility at work. Go back, run back to work. And then I would a lot of times have an evening event till five or six o'clock at night, leave that evening event, run to a soccer game. And there was times where a kid would, one kid would be playing soccer, one would be playing basketball. So I'd split that day up. And it was like ongoing day after day. And then Saturday never stopped because as women, we know, you know, Saturday just means that your second job or probably fifth job kicks in where, you know, there's laundry, there's cleaning, there's grocery shopping, there's planning for the next week. For 17 years, I volunteered in the kids ministry. So I ran the ministry for um, a while. I co-chaired for a while. And then I also was in charge of, I always did the baby. So I was changing diapers four weekends out of the year. So it was a seven day cycle. And I didn't recognize that not one part of that cycle was Stephanie time. Like I wasn't taking time, work on me, work on any type of self-care. Actually in my mind, self-care was selfish. I'm like, yeah, we don't have time for that. I'm raising kids. I got to do stuff at church. You know, my job's important. And now I realize that that is that in order for me to take care of my family the right way. And I want people to hear this in order for you to do all of that and do it successfully. The first person you need to take care of is yourself. And that's this 
the change that I wish I would have made sooner. So I would have gotten off the hamster wheel. Well, thank you so much. I think something I, I believe I try to practice and sometimes I do get on the hamster wheel, but I feel like you have to have your cup filled all the way up to be an overflow mm-hmm. for everyone else. Cause that's really the yeah. goal in life. You don't want to be scraping the bottom of your cup, trying to help out somebody else's cup. You know, that's- I love that. Yes. Yes. You're right. And, and, and so thank you so much. And I appreciate you outlining Cause I think sometimes even myself, we go through our day I'm like, you know, wow, she's getting a lot done. You know, hopefully someone hears that that may be their schedule as well, which I'm sure is a lot of people's schedule. Could you touch on the fact about the work that is needed because of, you know, Western medicine's approach to nutrition and then, you know, not so great outcomes for women and people of color? Because I think it dovetails into your story, which was a lot of doctor's visits, a lot of trying to get to the root of things. And it seems like between the Western medicine approach as well noted uh, health disparities with women and people of color, could you just speak to that a little bit? I appreciate that. Yeah. So like you said, whispers, pebbles for, it had to have been four years. And then I was March 23rd, 2017. I was walking down the street on a business trip in New Orleans. My jaw went numb. At that point, I could no longer ignore it. It was no longer a pebble. It was definitely a boulder. Led me to 18 different doctors, two world-renowned medical facilities, Eastern and Western medicine. So I was doing acupuncture, chiropractics, and also going to the cardiologist, making sure that I didn't have cancer. All all of this testing and so forth was going on. And what I find so interesting during the process is how I was treated. I have these air quotes going on. Things were mansplained to me. Everything was just, oh, you're just stressed out. Oh, you just need to take a break. Take a pill. You'll feel better oh, your stomach is upset, your digestion's off, take a pill, you'll feel better. At that time, actually, um, I was borderline diabetic. Mm -hmm. Start the meds, you'll feel better. So it it was this story of no one was trying to get to the root cause. So I knew Eastern medicine was was the only way that I would operate because I can't take half of a Tylenol without sleeping for four days. So (laughs) I did find a chiropractor slash naturopath and he changed the way that I ate. I've never had to take any type of medicine for anxiety, any type of medicine for diabetes, nothing. It was just me recognizing what was going on in my body, doing mindset shifts, being mindful, but, and also changing the food that I ate. But the thing was, he gave me like a two pager and I knew almost immediately that one, I wanted other women not to go through what I went through, but also that there was more support needed than just that two-pager. Like you need an accountability partner and you need to learn how to walk through the steps. That's my story of how I got to where I was. But what I've also discovered during that process is that women, especially as African-American women or women of color, um, we are in a state of crisis. One-fifth of African-American women, 29% of Latinas report that they have poor health. In the age range of 45 to 64, 57% of women, of African-American women report that they have hypertension while compared to 28% of white women. Um, There's disparity in insurance, disparities in even being able to go to the doctor, whether it couldn't afford it, no health insurance, no childcare, transportation. All of those things are barriers that women of color have. And I felt that in my story, I had the means, I had really good healthcare. Actually, no, 
that's real funny. We lost our health insurance. My husband retired, so they changed our plan. We lost our health insurance during this time, but I, I knew the system. Mm-hmm. I had the means. And I knew how to advocate for myself by having some of that knowledge that helped me through my journey. And that's what I want folks to hear from this. Learn how to navigate the system, only pushing you pills and not giving you some root cause analysis. Find someone who will have a conversation with you. Write out a list of questions before you go and don't let them leave the room until they answer the questions. If they won't answer the questions, it may be time for you to move on. And then ask for your medical reports. A lot of a lot of my medical reports said that according to Western medicine, I was fine. Like B levels were fine. My magnesium was fine. But in all reality, they were off. Mm. But according to Western medicine, they were fine. So learn how to read your medical records as well as you can. And then learn advocating for your own health is not something to be afraid of. Just because someone has a medical degree does not make them better than you. You have a voice. And I always advocate for people to use their voice in that situation when they're talking to their doctor. And I think that's important because it is really about us working together as a team. And if it, if we can't be on the same team, then I, I do need to. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be ashamed of, of saying that because really, if, if you are, if you run a company and someone is not answering your questions, someone's not getting you the support they need. Someone's not pulling their weight because that's their job to pull that weight. Maybe you do need to fire. So I will say it if you don't, if you don't want to. <laughs> I will say maybe you didn't need to fire them, but find some there because there's a million really, really good doctors who are there and they're for you. So you can find someone. Sometimes it's not even clinically like not doing something. It's a feeling like you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel hurt. You don't feel like they're paying attention. And sometimes it can just be a whisper like this environment's not good or I don't like the way the offices run. Some, any of those things can be it as well. So just I think I think you just need to go into it. It's a relationship and you want it to be a positive one. You want to, One of the things that I found is that there's a lot of awesomeness in the services you provide because I'm, I'm a big believer in much of what you said around uh, medicine versus Eastern medicine, a trend in the services and support you provide around nutrition and particularly also the mental well-being of your client. I think sometimes the audience needs help with it. And because we do use these words casually, mindset, knowing that you support nutrition and mental well-being of your clients. Could you describe mindset as you work with your clients, what that means. So for me, sometimes I think about that as mindfulness because of our earlier discussion about Eastern medicine. Yeah. So for me personally, um, I have a real simple approach. I just take it to the Lord in prayer, as they say. <laughs> I, I have to, for for the way that I reset my mind in order to get my health, and this is not for everyone. Everyone believes differently. And I'll do a little breakdown of maybe a Western belief versus a, it's different for everyone. And you do have to do what's going to work for you because we want to get you to where you are healthy and whole. But for me personally, my mindset and meditative approach all centered around the knowledge that God loves me. He's my friend. Uh, He wants what's best for me and that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's all scriptural. So I spent a lot of time in the word of God. I actually, it's funny. I would fall asleep at night with uh, Dr. Tony Evans on. And if anyone knows his preaching, he's a real preacher and a teacher, but his tone is very Southern preacher-ish. So for me to fall asleep with that, the sound in my voice, I I feel it it provided a sense of, of comfort for me to hear that when I fell asleep. Repetition around who I am, whose I am, that's what helped me with the mindset. And then meditating on the word of God, meditating on 
changes that I needed to make in order for my health to get better. This is another conversation we'd had a, a little bit about how Western religion and meditation does not quote unquote mesh like, oh, meditation is something bad. And it's, you know, you're praying to a foreign God. Well, if when you read the Bible and understand the Bible, it's there's meditation everywhere. David meditated, Jesus meditated, everyone meditate, people meditated because that there's a connotation and a denotation. It's focusing on what you're going to focus on. And so with my clients, everyone doesn't have the same relationship. And that's not, that's not what I'm there for to, if I can be a light, I can be a light, but that's not the purpose there. The purpose is to get you where you're comfortable and you know that you can do what you need to do in order to, to help with your health. But I like to compare this new genre of mindfulness and mindset and how it's all brand new and shiny and something that we're now doing compared to what's always been available for us. So for example, a lot of talk to, I talk to clients about self-talk saying that I am good enough. I will lose the weight. I am a good mom. Well, that's scripturally based too. So Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David said that even things like I'll talk to clients about not having negative thoughts. What does, what does the past look like? And so forth again, scripturally based, renew your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So everything when you look at religion, any really good movie, good book, and the whole mindfulness phase or whatever that we're going through right now, it's all scripturally based. So I do use my base and my core is based around the word of God. And thank you. And I, I think you weave that uh, well, uh, together perfectly about how religion and mindfulness and, and, and that can be Christian, that could be Buddhism. So they are all kind yeah. of pointed to that yeah. same thing. We really just want you to get quiet, get connected. Is that fair to say quiet and connected? That, yes, that is beautiful. Quietness and getting connected, getting connected to whoever you connect to or whatever you connect with, that is meditation. And so again, it can be God, it can be what whoever you describe as your God, it can just be getting connected with yourself as well. But meditation is just, it, it's super, super powerful and changing the way that you think about yourself. I always say, think about what you think about. And once you start to do that, that's when everything else changes. I've been doing it for quite a while now. And the other day I'm like, I feel joy. Like it was so, it just like struck me like, all of this work, the self-care, working on myself, working on family, the way that I speak to people, the way that I do things for people, because you can do things for people and not do them with the right spirit or right heart. All of that has started to switch the, with my mindset change and again, self-care. And I'm like, oh, this is what joy feels like. So it, it's, it's powerful. Meditation is really powerful. I, and I, I definitely agree. One thing sometimes I do, I don't know if there's something you do with your clients, is ask yourself a question. What do you need? What do you want? And sometimes the answer back can be very informative. I, I've always, there's somebody says, make sure you're asking yourself powerful questions because you never know what, you know, the answer can be very transformative. Hmm, I like, no, I don't do that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> no, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, ask, I, I Sometimes I'll ask myself that question when I want to do something more and I'm like, no, you need to go to bed. <laughs> and it's not what I want to hear, but I'm like, okay, well, and so I really, I'll also try to have integrity, you know, those three agreements, integrity with my word, even with myself. If I say go to bed, I'm going to bed. 
So, because it means a lot. You're building a relationship with yourself because everything else kind of stems from that. Say you have a well-rounded sense of the issues that are hindering them from feeling their best and looking their best. And then you hinted at it already. You're getting to the root cause. You're not, you know, kind of dealing with the surface stuff. You know, some of that root cause analysis, it seems to be a little bit focused around lifestyle and nutrition. And then you also build a wonderful protocol around, and I like the the, the, the title of it, my, the mind, body, and business method, you know, based on on all the magic you've experienced and, and education you attained. Could you elaborate on that process and kind of put it together? Because I think, you know, everything we've been talking about has been leading up to this. Thank you for that. So yes, the mind, body, business method. I think that if you take care of your mind and your body, then you can take care of your business. And that doesn't necessarily mean a secular job. Your business could be you or your family or what have you. So, and I uh, approach that a lot of times, a lot of times if you go to a, a nutrition coach, there's like, they have a set protocol, like eat this, eat that, blah, blah, blah. But that's not for everyone. Um, and I learned that the hard way. So what I do is I start off with a DNA analysis. So you actually, you send me a hair sample, we send it into the lab, and then I figure out what is going on with you, environmental toxins, what are allergens that you may not even be aware of. It could be blue dye number 48, and you may not know, oh, that's in my deodorant. That's why I'm having this problem. So we do a complete DNA analysis. Then I do a hormone assessment. And then I find out what medications you're on. You're a diabetic. We're going to make sure that I'm not telling you to eat a ton of grapefruits because it does interact with uh, metformin and other medicines. So I act as a detective first. And then based on what I find out, that's when I start to work to build nutrition plan for you. Mindfulness is key in it, like figuring out what your blocks are. Are you overeating? Are you fearful of losing weight? Because some people are like, Hey, I don't want to lose weight because this is my happy place. And it's not about the weight necessarily. It's more about the health. But a lot of times you may need to lose some weight to get rid of that inflammation in order for you to be your healthiest, not trying to get to a size zero. We're just trying to get you healthy. So again, the analysis, I do the detective work. We work on mindfulness and then we work on three key areas. We work on the hormones. So we want to make sure that you do a cortisol reset. So if you, again, if you have thinning hair, if you're anxious about anything, you're not sleeping at night. If you're waking up between 1 a.m. and around 3.30, 4 a.m., it may be something going on with your liver. So we work on all of those different things in the hormones. And then we talk about what does, what does a, so your cortisol or like your adrenal gland, you know, if someone's breaking in your house and you get that adrenal rush or something, you're excited by something. A lot of women who had that schedule that I talked about that like 5 a.m. to like, you know, 11 o'clock at night schedule, a lot of times your adrenal glands and your hormones will be on all the time. And that's when your stress levels are high. And that's when you start to see all of the other things, the rapid heartbeat, hair loss and all that other stuff. So we do a ton of cortisol resets. And basically that's just saying, how do we figure out what's stressing you and how do we figure out how to decrease that stress? Walking through the fact that you can't control everything. So if your spouse, your partner, whomever is doing X, Y, Z, really you can't control what uh, he or she does. You need to be able to focus on what you're doing. That cortisol reset may be taking an extra 15 minutes to get home from work so you can have your se- um, have the opportunity to reset your mind, reset your thinking, and get ready for the next mode of the day. So we work on that. We work on inflammation in the body as well because inflammation can cause cancer. 
heart disease, diabetes, all of that comes from inflammation. And inflammation can be found in dairy products, gluten, uh, some meat. You're eating an excessive amount of meat. All of that causes inflammation in the body. So we work to get rid of that. And then we work on a steady metabolism. So a lot of my clients will say, hey, I have been eating only three hours a day and I'm exercising five hours per day, like, but I still can't lose weight. That's because your metabolism is not steady and you're not doing what's right for your body. So I work on getting people to eat small meals throughout the entire day to make sure that their body isn't like, oh, wait, I need to hold on to this because I don't know when I'm going to eat again versus the body and the leptin, which is another hormone saying, oh, I'm full and I know that I'm going to be satisfied later. So that's the, in a long, long wordedness, that's the mind-body business method. We try to take care of the entire body in order to make you healthy. It shows thoroughness by which you approach it. I think it also helped people understand how just lifestyle changes can reset. Just the cortisol thing, I think everybody's dealing with a certain level of stress. That probably was just transformative for a lot of people. Your, your website mentions a lot about focus on divorced women, but I think all women can, especially, you know, hearing what you just described, can really benefit from the value and the services you provide because we're all, you know, dealing with some level. I think some of it's because, you know, just humans anthropologically dealing with a certain amount of stress, mothers and caregivers, and if you're a parent just in general, it, it can be a lot. Can you talk about how you help all women, either divorced or not, and, you know, the problem and the transformation that awaits the women that work with you? So it is, it is for all women. A, a lot of times, um, the majority of my clients have been divorced women because a lot of times there's that lack of control. And this is one thing you can control. And or now you're ready to take the weight off and or relieve some of the stress. So that's, that's, that has been my target audience. But again, you're right, it's for all women. So if you are feeling a lack of control, if you're feeling like any of the things that I described, uh, the rapid heartbeat, the tingling in your hands, the hair loss, low energy, a brain fog, you can't sleep during the night. All of those are signals that there may be something else going on in your body. And the work that we do, the work that I do is around getting you to change the way you, you're thinking and to change the way that you are eating. I eat plant-based. I do not have all of my clients go plant-based because that's not for everyone because you do have to be really careful when you're um, trying to eat completely plant-based. But I do encourage folks to ramp up what they're eating and how they're eating so that they can get rid of, again, the low energy, the lack of sleep, the brain fog, all of these things that could become barriers to you you know, supporting your family and or your overall health. So it sounds like life awaits, you know, physically and mentally is what you're really bringing. What I found is initially in my mind, I'm like, okay, people are going to come in, they're going to lose 30 pounds in four months, 20 pounds in four months. Cause I try, it, it's different for everyone. So it's based on your height, your weight and everything, how I work with you to lose the weight. That's all custom. So I'm, I'm just throwing that number out for 20 pounds. So 20 pounds in four months. But what I found is people were losing the weight a little slower, but what they're finding is they're having different conversations at work, their confidence levels at the highest they've had in a long time. They're starting to think about what does this look like generationally? So I'm eating this way. So how how should I be feeding my kids now? How can I get them to want to eat this way? 
eliminating their anxiety medicine. They are sleeping all night for the first time in years. So it becomes the weight, while the weight is what attracts people to, to me, the weight becomes secondary when they figure out all of these other things in their life now become impacted. And then the weight just naturally falls off. Seems also you're having a multiplier effect, them and everyone around them. So it's a positive. You're spinning out a lot of positive ripples to the world, Stephanie. <laughs> Being a podcast creator and lover of podcasts, I was very excited about the Switch podcast, which I love the name, by the way. Yes, it definitely is a great name for marketing. <laughs> and it aligns with every, all the other magic you're making happen. Many interesting topics on the podcast that can really transform people's lives, their finances, and their pets' lives. So that was, you know, being a pet lover, uh, that was great to see that. And I'm going to actually probably recommend that to a few pet lovers. And I'm excited to listen to one about pets because I'm going to go back and do that. So my question to you, why a podcast and what is your mission related to the podcast? Yeah, so the so real quick, I'm going to talk about the pets. Dr. Farron, uh, she's a vet and a jockey. She was one of my first clients. And it is so interesting how she talks about the use of holistic medicine, acupuncture. I'm like, you're doing the same thing I'm doing, but for pet animals. She's like, yep. So I think you will like that. But it came about, the podcast came about initially as, well, my background is in communication. So my, my undergrad degree is in communications. I always wanted to be a news anchor. So when a marketing mentors said, hey, you need to be on more podcasts and perhaps think about starting one, I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun. And then I started to think, well, I want to add value. And the best way to do that was to get people who are way smarter than me on the podcast and to talk about their real life experience. So I say that we talk about everything from hair to hormones, makeup to menopause. So anything that would impact you as a woman and that would help you and men, men as well, and help you live a better life, that those are the conversations that we're having. So I've had Dr. Ruby, she's actually from the DC area, Dr. Ruby Latham, some of your audience may have heard of her. She, you, she went into the doctor, had a thyroid diagnosis. Before she left, he was giving her an outline of when surgery was going to take place. And she's like, no, wait, the body can heal itself, like from a cut or scar. I should be able to heal my own body. And she did just that from thyroid cancer. So there's a podcast where we talk about that and you can find out how to connect with her. A finance podcast that doesn't necessarily talk, there's a couple, but one doesn't necessarily talk about just money, but your mindset about around money and how once you change your mindset of what being a millionaire looks like, acts like, feels like, how that's when your resources start to grow. And we've talked about being childless, but not by choice. And then on one of the podcasts that I really liked was, it was a podcaster who's going on my podcast. And we were talking about the impact hormones in women and how one man had actually divorced his wife because he didn't, he just thought she was going crazy. But once he discovered that it was hormonal and he understood better about what was going on in her body, they were remarried. So all, again, hormones, hair to hormones, makeup to menopause, we cover it all, but we try to make sure that each person walks away with two things. One, something simple that they can learn from and easily implement right away. And two, understanding that the switch in someone else's life may be something similar to what they have. 
so that they can seek um, pieces of knowledge out of it. So it's exciting. I love the podcast. I know what I'm going to be listening to uh, at the what? gym doing those walks. My next qu- question uh, takes yeah. on a whole different impact. You being a nutritionist. So I have a question before a question. A lot of times, are we not dehydrated? I ask that question because I think about myself. I can go for hours a day just you know, on tea and water. And at a certain point, I will, uh, you know, actually be hungry. Do people undersell that as, you know, that kind of go-to first thing in the morning, I got to eat something. When the reality, it might do you well to spend hours hydrating yourself. Yeah, so it, I, I personally try to do everything based on that client. And it's a little different for everyone. For example, I don't feel that great mm-hmm. if I eat very first thing in the morning. So I try to wait like a 30 minute window and then I eat while other people feel comfortable eating right away. But what I ask folks to do is the very first thing you need to do is exactly what you said is hydrate your body, not with pop or coffee or any frou-frou drink or even juice, unless you're actually making the juice yourself, eat, drink that later, but hydrate yourself with Um, room temperature water. And if you don't like water, add a lemon or add a lime to that water and start as soon as you get up, start sipping on that. And the reason you do it room temperature, because you don't want to shock your body because your body is at a, a certain temperature. You don't want to drink ice water and shock your body or something super hot right away. So yeah, you're right. Starting off with hydrating your body is super important. I also tell clients after we, we work through a little more, I don't want to say strict, a little more structured process in the beginning, but the whole goal is for you to be able to do this for your, the rest of your life. So when we get to the second part of the work that we're doing together, I, that is huge. What you just said, that's the first thing I tell them to do. Are you hungry or are you thirsty? Because a lot of times you may be dehydrated. So drink water before you eat, you know, start sipping on something and see if that helps. Part of the work is around meal planning and meal prep. When I give them the outline for meal planning and meal prep, same thing. While you're meal prepping, drink some water before you even start so you won't be nibbling on everything. I like what you just said. Yeah, it's a lot of times our bodies are just dehydrated and making sure that you're getting something in is important. And there is a difference. Pop dehydrates you, even though it's liquid, all of the sugar will um, dehydrate your body. Fruit juice will dehydrate you as well, especially, you know, some canned or something processed from the, from the store. So yeah, drink water people. (laughs) You know, we're programmed to some degree, get up neat right away. And I just felt like my body never really works like that. It takes me a while to get to that place. So I I feel a little better about that. With the caveat, you, as long as you're not waiting to like noon or one o'clock, because you need in the first part of the morning, you do need to get some nutrients in. But like, if you're 10 o'clock, then that's fine. But if like two o'clock is your first meal of the day, then that's too late in the day. Thoughts on some people say you should have your heaviest meal at lunch. I agree with that. I, so I'll be honest. I don't, I don't know that I've ever done a ton of research on that and what that really looks like. But I agree with that because of the thing that I mentioned before about your liver recirculating your, like cleaning out your blood between like 1 a.m. and and 3 a.m. in the morning, Mm -hmm. I think three or 3.30. I think it's, you don't want your body to be working that hard during the night. You want it to be in a restful mode and so that it can do what it needs to do while you're sleeping. So if you're eating your heaviest meal at the end of the day, all your digestive system, everything is starting to work super hard. So what needs to happen, it doesn't get a chance to happen. So I agree with the heavier meal 
in the middle of the day. And then I guess this, this, you already sort of answered this question, but I still like to ask it. Are you a coffee, tea, water, or nothing first thing in the morning? Water. <laughs> Look, that's just because my clients. That's, but but, but you also have joking. to give them one more tip. What do you drink it in, Stephanie? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. I do. So we, we had this uh, conversation. Um, you were asking like, oh, how do you get people to drink water? And then you told me your tip. I'm like, that's what I say too. I put it in a nice cup. So I had a client who would not drink water. And she's like, but I brought this really pretty mug. I'm like, oh, I do that too. So I guess it's kind of a thing. So a glass of water sitting on my desk will not, I will not drink it. I don't know why, it's psychological. But I have a glass container with a straw and I will sip on that all day long. It's the same water, whatever works for you. And I think if that, if that mentally gets me to drink the water throughout the day, that's what I use. I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker because uh, again, like with the no medicine, I can't do a lot of caffeine, at least not coffee caffeine. Um, I did it in uh, grad school, but that was it. But I do, even though I start the morning with water, I do drink tea, but I drink tea as my medicine. So if I have an upset stomach, I actually make fennel and peppermint. If I have, you know, it's cold and flu season. So I'm making sure that I'm sipping on holy basil and elderberry and things like that throughout the day. So not just for drinking, I actually use it for- I like that. And now you have me hit with some new tea options, holy basil. uh, And then you also mentioned- Fennel and peppermint, so I like that. And also, they'll be pretty because they'll have those little leaves that floating around. So I like that. So when we, and then be so real quick though, like with the with the natural herbs, make sure that you aren't okay. on any other type of medication and that you treat them like a medicine. So for example, elderberry makes your blood pressure drop low. So it tastes so good and it's a beautiful mm. like maroon kind of color. If you're sipping it all day, you will probably pass out and you won't know what's wrong. Your blood pressure will drop low. So recognize that herbal medicine can impact your body. Yes, I think what we're also saying, we're not medical professionals. Please uh, connect connect with your doctors and all of that. And I appreciate that tip because yes. I would have probably did that. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then like yeah. I would have had, I would have faded. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I think yeah. most importantly, what I'm going to do today, now I have an excuse to buy, buy a new container to drink water out of. So thank you, Stephanie. I will be taking care of that later today. I'm going to blame it on you, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> and then uh, right. last All but right. not least, where can we find you? And what's the next awesome thing you have going on? So yeah, I'm going to uh, really, I'm going to get this corporate community, uh, corporate wellness project launched in April. And then I plan on expanding on that. So that's the next thing that I'm focused on and on being a grandma, which will definitely happen by the 27th if she doesn't do it naturally. Uh, and, and they can, folks can find me at Lee and Ollie. So L E I G H and Ollie O L L I E. So my website is Lee and on Facebook, Lee and Ollie or Leonali Coaching. Instagram is also Leonali. Well, I want to thank you so much. And, and I'm excited uh, for all the awesomeness. And I think you're going to be doing a lot more corporate wellness business. I just see it happening because it's so needed. And um, the conversations you're having, the things you're talking about are needed. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time with you. And I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Please check out all of Stephanie's awesome podcasts or social media and all of that. And 
she's definitely going to add a lot of value to your life as well as her podcast will. So with that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in. Once again, you can always uh, follow us on Instagram at the local DMV business and leisure on Instagram and Facebook. So once again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Um, thank you.